0: Well good morning. If you're a guest at Fifth today, my name's John, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's uh, great to be worshiping with you today. Welcome. You're catching us in the middle of a, a series titled "The Essentials." And it's kind of based on this, um, uh, this, this quote that has circulated around the church that really, in my mind, is quite good. It goes like this: "In Essentials Unity, in Non-essentials Liberty." in all things, charity. And I, I remember hearing that uh, for the first time. I, I didn't grow up in the church, so th- things of faith were new to me uh, as I was graduating from college. And I remember hearing this quote not long after that, and the very first thought that came to me was, okay, that's great, but what are the essentials? Like, what, what are those things, and how, how do we look at those? and that this series is designed to name some of those big essentials, kind of the pillars of the faith, uh, really the things that all Christians everywhere believe, uh, dis- despite all of our differences and stripes and different little traditions and all that. The- these are the big pillars of the larger church of Jesus, the, the essentials. And so far, we've, in this series, we've covered uh, three things. We've-, we've talked about the Bible, um, God the Father, and Jesus the Son, and today is the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit. So um, a- as a way to look at a bit of what the Scripture says, it's can't, we can't look at everything because the Scripture says a lot, but let's read a few verses from the Gospel of John. Um, I- I'm going to read some from chapter 14, 15, and 16. So this is uh, chapter 14, verses starting at verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to come, I'm sorry, to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Then chapter 15, just one verse, 26. Again, Jesus speaking. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Then chapter 16, starting at verse 5. But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now hear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Friends, indeed, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Part of this series we've been going through has involved looking at some of the big statements of the the church, the creeds and confessions of the church. And the one with which many of us are familiar, um, maybe most familiar, is the Apostles' Creed. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but the the creed has three big sections. And they, they begin this way. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's very Trinitarian. I believe in God the Father. I believe in Jesus the Son. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Christians really, really do. We don't just talk about believing in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And the preposition is important. We don't just believe things about the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit, meaning we place our trust, our faith in the Holy Spirit. Of all the members of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is uh, seemingly the most mystical and certainly the most misunderstood. And this speaks to the first thing that Christians believe regarding the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. You know, not, not kind of, not sort of, not a little bit God and a little bit mystery spirit doing God stuff out there. The Holy Spirit is God. This is what Christians believe. Uh, The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is God the Spirit. Uh, We've been looking at the Belgic Confession quite a bit. Here's Article 11, the deity of the Holy Spirit. We believe and confess also that the Holy Spirit proceeds eternally from the Father and the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but only proceeding from the two of them. In regard to order, the Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, of one and the same essence and majesty and glory with the Father and the Son, being true and eternal God as the Holy Scriptures teach us. And that's, that's really how we came up with this, right? That the Scriptures teach it. No, no one fabricated this along the way. In, in fact, that's the Christian's under, understanding uh, for, for the basis of the Trinity. We, we covered this in an earlier um, message. Christians are Trinitarian, not Unitarian and this is essential to the Christian faith. We, we believe that the Father is God, we believe that the Son is God, and we believe that the Holy Spirit is God. And there's a lot more to say about this, but one thing that was very helpful for me in looking at what the Bible says about these things is this, we believe the Father to be God biblically by definition, we believe the Son to be God by identification, Jesus said he was God, and we believe the Holy Spirit to be God by association, with the work of God and things of God as explained in the scripture. So three persons, one God. Uh, here's, Here's another piece of the Belgic Confession. I love this. Just a portion of Article 8. The Father is the cause, origin, and source of all things, visible as well as invisible. The Son is the word, the wisdom, and the image of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the eternal power and might proceeding from the Father and the Son. So all this is to say, when when Christians are asked, who is the Holy Spirit? Answer number one, the Holy Spirit is God. Not kind of, but really. Our next response is this, the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. You know, God is not a thing, God's a person. The Holy Spirit is God, therefore the Holy Spirit is a person. But so often our language betrays us. I've been guilty of it, right? and and when our language betrays us it really is an emperor has no clothes kind of moment because we get a glimpse into what we're really thinking and believing about the holy spirit and sometimes what we're actually thinking and believing is that the holy spirit is not a person but some mystical spiritual it out there doing something godlike Maybe we feel like we've heard other people talk about powerful experiences with this something, but we don't feel like we've ever had that ourselves. And even if we're careful with our language, you know, referring to the spirit as a person, we still wonder, I still wonder, am I getting this fully the way God wants me to get this? Is there there more to this? I find myself praying about that. Um, in, In his great book, How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit, A.W. Tozer makes this observation. Many of us have grown up on the theology that accepts the Spirit as a person, even as a divine person. But for some reason, it never did us any good. Ouch. Right, even if we get the information right, are, are we living out our daily lives with this reality that God is living with us and in us by the Holy Spirit right now. And Francis Chan wrote a book a few years ago titled a Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. Wow. John Stott said the same thing, referred to the Holy Spirit as the neglected Godhead. I've heard uh, the Trinity described probably very inadequately, as a three-legged stool. problem is if you take one of the three legs off, you've got a pretty wobbly stool. Right? We're, we're guilty of this. And wh- When was the last time that you related the goings-on of your everyday life to the work of the Holy Spirit in you or as related to the presence of the Holy Spirit with you? if this is a right now, all the time reality, we ought to be doing that all the time, right? This is a very real thing. So, understanding of the person and work of the Holy Spirit, sometimes insufficient in me. Maybe you feel the same. But the stuff the Bible actually says about what the Holy Spirit does I mean, this, this is nothing less than revolutionary, extraordinary. So let's do that. Let's look at what the Holy Spirit does. But answering the first question, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a person. Very baseline. All Christians believe this, right? Then what does the Holy Spirit do? The 40,000-foot the view is this. The work of the Spirit is to continue the work of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit continues the work of Jesus in our lives and in the world. But the Bible says a lot more about what the Holy Spirit does. We, we read parts of that today from the first passage we read. I, this is Jesus talking, will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Just just look at what the scripture says. Look at what Jesus said. I will ask the Father. The Holy Spirit is given at the request of Jesus. He, God, will give you another advocate. The Holy Spirit is a gift of the Father. He will give you another advocate. Jesus was the first. God's gonna give another advocate In the original language, the word translated another doesn't just mean an other, like somewhat similar. The word means an exact duplicate. I will ask the Father, says Jesus, and he will give you an exact duplicate of me. Wow. A replica of Jesus. To do what? To be with you forever. Not until the end of your life on earth. Now, read what it actually says. Not until the time Jesus returns, but to be with you forever. Forever. This is a very if you've ventured into how you identified the Holy Spirit working in your life, and I get that that might sound out there to some of you if you're on the front end of an exploration of faith, but if as a Christ follower, you've identified some of that, that is a very real beachhead of the kingdom in your life. That is an experience that you're having of God's kingdom already come, but not yet fully come. And that experience will continue forever. The Holy Spirit will be with you and in you. This is amazing. Remember who the Holy Spirit is. God and a person. So the deal is Jesus asks the Father, the Father gives the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us forever. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit lives with you and in you forever. So so just to be clear, Right? Those who trust Christ and are united with him by faith have an exact duplicate of Jesus living with us and in us, with us all the time, wherever we go, no matter the challenge, no matter the level of suffering with which you are presently struggling, no matter how distant God might seem or feel right now, a duplicate of Jesus Living with us and in us, not only to help us in general, but guiding and empowering the possibility of a Jesus like response to every situation we encounter and every person with whom we interact. I mean, that, that's, that's one of the meanings of this passage from Corinthians. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and is a gift from God. Or, or in the words of the Heidelberg Catechism, I am not my own. But belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. And this, this is really just the beginning of what the Holy Spirit does. We can't cover it all, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna rifle some stuff that the scripture says about what the Holy Spirit does. Here is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit helps us and is with us forever. Teaches us reminds us of what Jesus said when he was here. The Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus, gives life, directs our steps, brings freedom to our lives, guides us into all truth, produces fruit in the life of Christ followers, leads us into obedience to Jesus, speaks to us what he hears from Jesus, gives us words about Jesus to speak to others, gives power, love, and self-discipline, gives spiritual gifts, tells us what is yet to come, helps us pray, lives in us, encourages us, prompts us in what to do and where to go, serves as a deposit guaranteeing God's goodness to come. The Spirit initiates us into the faith. We, We don't just become believers by our own decision. I hope you know that. It's grace from the very beginning. The Holy Spirit is the one who draws us, who enables us to believe, uh, causes us uh, to, to head toward repentance, causes faith to rise in our hearts and unites us with Jesus. The Spirit assures us through the sacraments. The Spirit helps us grow in Christlikeness, likeness illuminates God, empowers prayer, creates unity in the church. The Spirit brings reconciliation, makes fellowship, enables worship, inspires scripture, speaks through preaching, launches mission, and the Spirit builds up the body of Christ in love and unity. Wow. This is just a glimpse of what the Bible says the Holy Spirit does, is doing right now. And and remember the big picture that the Holy Spirit is God, a person living with us and in us. See, this is why Jesus said this. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. I hope we don't miss this. Jesus actually looked at his followers and said, it will be to your advantage if I leave. What? I mean, how how could it be better to trade a living, breathing Jesus sitting right in front of us for a holy spirit we can't see physically and kind of wonder about and what 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 is this because the holy spirit is not only with us but in us this is no longer god living simply with you it's god living in you all christians everywhere believe this and jesus said that it's better than having him with you in the flesh Do you believe that? See, the gift Christians receive when they trust Jesus is the spirit of Jesus. In us, with us, always. And in this way, we are united with Christ, In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on particular people at a particular time for a particular purpose. But through the prophet Joel, God made the promise of a day to come. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That change has happened, and we are living in those days. Every real Christ follower has been given the Holy Spirit. And the Bible instructs us to be filled with the Spirit, or or a more literal translation, to go on being filled with the Spirit. That's what the verb kind of connotes. It's not just a one-time thing. There's a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit when you come to faith initially and, and continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I mean, there is no way to interpret that from my perspective than the plain sense meaning of it. Jesus is telling us to just ask for the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit. is the Father's pleasure to do that. God is not begrudgingly doling out, you know, small doses of the Spirit here and there. But this is an overflowing well of life to which God invites all of us. Now, several years ago, I, uh, at the challenge of another pastor, took on the task of reading the entire Bible in 90 days. If you think you're pressing hard to get it done in a year... Man, the 90-day thing is rather ridiculous. I did not think that I would like it, but I loved it. I didn't think I'd like it because it was I thought, man, it's reading way too fast, you're not and you do. You're, you're motoring to do it in 90 days. But the benefit is you can't help but notice the big themes. The big, the big themes. I walked away from that experience with two big things. What God wants of me is to seek the Lord and bless the world. That comes up so often. If you read the whole scripture, seek the Lord and bless the world. There are are multiple passages in the Bible that invite us to seek the Lord, to pursue God. Not just to think about God now, to search for God and to do that like you're searching for hidden treasure, like it's buried silver or gold or or precious jewels. Seeking the Lord doesn't mean accumulating information about God, as important and helpful as that might be. Seeking the Lord means seeking God's presence, the presence of a person. And if God the Spirit is already living with you and in you, you don't have to go far to find God's presence. The first step is to stop turning away from him which is my problem number 1 maybe yours too you know at, at in in our congregation here and our little part of the christian tradition we are not uh, what is known as cessationists meaning we, we're not among those christians who believe that the more supernatural gifts of the spirit ceased with the era of the apostles nor are we among those who kind of over-emotionalize everything and hype it all up and and uh, but but from my seat, if we have an error, it's that we don't engage with the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit enough, I think. You know, we want to avoid kind of all the human errors that crop up on this. We want to focus on what the scripture says, what the Bible actually says about the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is God, that the Holy Spirit lives with us and in everyone who trusts Jesus. Jesus said it would be to our benefit if he left, so that we would receive the Holy Spirit. That's something to noodle on for a while. And he didn't end there. He said that the Spirit would empower us to do even greater things than he did. What? That's another thing to noodle on and pray about. The Bible instructs us to continue seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit in an ongoing way. I heard the illustrations kind of like windshield wipers on a rainy day, you don't just run it one time and call it good, like they gotta keep going so you can keep seeing, go on being filled with the Spirit. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit gives Christians gifts for the common good. Scripture's pretty clear that the Holy Spirit has given gifts to every follower of Jesus and that we need each other like, you know, like, the body needs the members and parts to make up the whole that God intends. And the Bible gives us a very simple summary. I like simple. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. In my 90-day in my Bible thing, right, I kind of see, uh, bless the world, seek the Lord in that. You know, love people, and seek the Lord by seeking the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean in practical terms? First and foremost, Jesus invited us to ask. How often in prayer do you find yourself asking, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon me. Fill me with your Spirit. Jesus invited us to ask. Uh, I've kind of made it a practice in my prayer life to start with that. Pour out your spirit upon me, Lord. Help, help me. I know myself, and if it's just up to me, we're done. Pour out your spirit upon me. And and listen, it takes time. You gotta hang out there for a while. But God has enabled us to, to hear some of what God is saying, really. We ask these questions. How is God getting my attention? What's God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? Very simple way to seek God. How's God getting my attention? What's God saying to me? What am I gonna do about it? Christians believe in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is alive Right now, and the Holy Spirit is continuing His work with us and in us right now, and we are invited to seek the Holy Spirit in life now and every day ahead. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, pour out your Spirit upon us. We need you. We need um, to be aware of the way that you live with us and in us. The scripture teaches it and therefore we believe it that you do live with us and in us by your spirit, O God. Uh, By your good spirit, tear down the walls that we've put up that prevent us from being aware of you or that tend to lead us away from you and not toward you. Uh, Help us, Jesus, we ask in your name, amen.